When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Terrio Media. Success in real estate has nothing to do with shiny objects. It has everything to do with mastering the basics. The three pillars of real estate investing. Attract, convert, exit. Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now. If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Hey there, Epic Investor. It's Matt from Epic Real Estate. This is where we show people how to invest in real estate with an emphasis on retiring early. It's the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. That's what we do here. And if this is your first time here, really glad that you found us. If you like what you hear, make sure you hit the subscribe button before you go. And if this is not your first time here, welcome back and thank you. It is the month for being grateful, isn't it? Thank you for sharing this with your friends and family. I just would not be here if it were not for you doing that. So thank you. You're the absolute best for doing that. Thanks again. And in the news this week, happy birthday to the United States Marine Corps, celebrating their 245th birthday on November 10th. And on the 11th, Veterans Day, as a veteran, I and everyone here at Epic express our deepest gratitude to all those who have served in the United States military. So thank you for fighting for our freedoms Now, let's pray that the new administration doesn't unravel what you've protected and preserved. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Seems that the the mudslinging is going just one direction these days, and I needed to create some equilibrium in my world. You know, I subscribed to this newsletter, and entertaining and gifted writer's name's Dave Pels, uh, not the famous golf coach, if you're familiar. It's spelled differently. But he wrote something this week, and I replied to the email, not expecting a reply back, but... He did. And so he had written a pretty negative article about Trump's refusing to accept the results of the election and about Trump, you know, declaring uh, Trump's legal protest a wanton attack on America's core democratic value. And then he cited that there's zero evidence for Trump's claims. And he wrote this article with such conviction. I was really Um, drawn in by how he was just so positive. He knew exactly what he was talking about and there was no room for him to be wrong. And just that type of conviction, I got a, I don't know, I get to have a little bit of a problem with it in all areas of my life, not just politics, but everything. If you'll find here that I very rarely speak in absolutes because I'm very flexible and open to being wrong. And uh, it's very easy for me to admit that I'm wrong if someone points it out. And so I guess, I don't know, maybe that's just something internal when I notice something is that that's the opposite in someone else. It just kind of, I don't know, it, it rubs me wrong. But um, yeah, I just got a problem with people taking such a firm stand, exhibiting zero flexibility based on what they just watched on their favorite news channel. And, uh, you know, if we didn't learn anything this election year, I hope each and every American would walk away recognizing that 
what we once referred to as news, is no longer news. Please tell me you don't think it's actual news. I mean, it's, it's, it's rather it's propaganda. I mean, if, if the reporting of the news consists with a bunch of adjectives and emotions, that's opinion-based. That's founded in people's opinions. And it's on both sides, by the way. You know, and, and when I speak of both sides, I, was, I just, you know, it's probably no secret to which way I lean. But I am more interested in, in the which way I lean on which side is right or wrong. I don't really care. I am more interested in the truth and fairness. And uh, I recognize the propaganda on my favorite channel, too. So anyway, I wrote to him asking where his conviction comes from. And then if evidence arises that there's some validity to Trump's allegations, would you change your mind? Or is your mind made up regardless of what manifests? And uh, like I said, I wasn't expecting a reply, but just throwing it out there in the interest of stopping the hate, of which uh, is his tagline for his article um, or his whole column or his, his blog post. It's stopping hate for profit. Real news saves lives, stopping hate for profit, something like that. And I liked the, I liked the tagline. I thought it was good because I hate hate. And uh, particularly if there's hate for profit, that's even more disgusting. But he did reply. Cordially, by the way, so he's a good guy. And he wrote, thanks, Matt. It's already clear there's no merit to the charges. It's all part of a plot. That's the truth, period. And based on what I just shared with you a couple seconds ago or a couple minutes ago, it rubbed me wrong again because that uh, part that he says, and that's the truth. That's the part that gets to me. I mean, how does he know? He didn't answer the question in uh you know, I wanted to know wh where does his conviction come from? How does he know it's the truth? And so he didn't answer that. And he just put a big exclamation point at the end saying, that's the truth. I replied again, probably against my, my better judgment. But uh, I replied, uh, I appreciate the response, Dave. I don't know what's the truth or not. You must have different access than I do. I'm naturally inquisitive, interested in truth and equity. I would tend to agree with you, though. But to play devil's advocate, there was no more merit to the charges of Russian election collusion. Once on the stand and under oath, Trump's accusers testified they had zero evidence. And the FBI attorney even confessed to falsifying documents in an attempt to give the charges some merit. Republicans waited three years for the legal process to run its course. So the Democrats can chill for another 30 days or so. That's what I wrote. And uh, I really hope Trump is wrong because I don't want to really see the the shitstorm the country would become if his suspicions were correct. What a disaster that would be. We've had enough this year. I mean, imagine if liberal corruption was to be pinned on Trump also. <laughs> They'd find some way to make it his fault, right? But, uh, and that would certainly be the, the end of the pleas for unity. But I, I had to drop a little bit of a passive-aggressive dig in there for him, and I, I couldn't help it. But I wouldn't have if he had just answered the question, how does he know what the truth is? How is he so positive about it? You know, and I did appreciate, and to his credit, he, it was a civil exchange. And that's what I hope for moving forward, to return to a place as a country where it's okay to disagree. We can be civil with our disagreements, and we can pursue the truth and fairness and not take our cues from biased news sources. And taking those cues and then adopting them and incorporating them and making them a part of us to that what we hear from these sources and, and have those become our identities. The type of identities that 
we're willing to defend by saying and doing really terrible things to each other. I mean, people are at each other's throats based on Don Lemon's or, or Tucker Carlson's opinions. They're just opinions. They're their points of view. And people embrace them depending on which side they want to believe. And they're ready to fight to the death <laughs> based on just those other two human beings. They're just other human beings with the same flaws that you and I have. Well, I know you don't have any, but I got a lot. But um, I just pray we can unify in the interest of the truth, even if the truth hurts, because it does sometimes. And when you can be open enough to recognize the truth for being the truth, then make decisions on who you're going to be and how you're going to live your life based on the truth. But have it be truth-based, right? Don't have it be based on what Rachel Maddow thinks. You know, it's kind of like, here we go. It's kind of like determining the value of a property. You know, if you hired 10 different appraisers, 10 certified different appraisers, 10 different appraisers with official government licenses to appraise property, and you hired 10 different ones to give you a value on a property, you're going to get 10 different answers. But it's your money you're investing, right? Do you want to gamble your money based on someone else's opinion of value? Or would it be more prudent to educate yourself and come up with your own value assessment? It's your money. I mean, you're, you're going to either be the winner or you're going to be the loser. It's you taking the risk, not the appraiser, not the banker, not the realtor, not the lawyer or your neighbor or your opinionated broke brother-in-law. That's always my favorite one. My, I used to have one of those with a, a former wife. <laughs> Very, lots of opinions telling me what to do with my money, how to make money. And he didn't have two nickels to rub together. And every holiday, he'd ask me for a loan. But um, you want to find as much truth about the value as you can because it's your money, right? You should want to find as much truth about life as you can as well because it's your life. Again, I pray we can move in that direction. This is what I know. If it ain't good, that means God ain't in it and it won't last. So I take comfort in good will prevail. It always does. Just might take a little longer sometimes than others. All right. In other news, looks like we're on the brink of a successful COVID vaccine. Even Dr. Fauci is presently surprised. Nice to hear something positive from him. And uh, the stock market certainly reflected it. Investors sold off shares in certain types of companies and, and piled into other categories, you know, because of the promising vaccine news that was this week, this Monday. Stocks that had been clobbered by the pandemic are looking much more attractive right now and vice versa. You know, Boeing, Chevron, Exxon, Citigroup, and General Electric are all way up. And then Amazon and Apple and Facebook and Netflix and Zoom are down. In the meantime... Don't waver from your vitamin D, C, and zinc supplements and get your exercise in. That's not a cure for COVID, but studies are showing and continue to show, as I've shared with you here on the show, that uh, that regimen will do a really good job of keeping you out of the hospital. And Uber, Uber has a new feature. It's a big success to them, right, in California. Those are almost going to be no Uber or Lyft at all in California, but uh, that did not pass. So that's good for all the people that depend on Uber for their for some revenue or all of their revenue. Um, but they've got a new feature that'll let you reserve rides up to 30 days in advance and pick your favorite driver. You get to pick your driver. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and then the Masters starts this week. And in case you missed it, it's worth Googling. John Ram 
during his second practice round at Augusta, skipped his ball across the water on number 16 to a hole in one. It is probably one of the more remarkable golf shots I've ever seen in my life. And even if you're not a golf fan and you know nothing about it, you would really appreciate it. So you can go Google that. John Ram, his last name is R-A-H-M. And it was on his birthday, no less. And continuing with the Masters, the champion's dinner is on and Tiger Woods is serving fajitas and sushi. It's customary that the reigning champion hosts the champion's dinner and picks the menu. So Tiger won in 2019, one of the greatest moments in golf uh, that I've ever witnessed. Um, one of the greater sports moments, really. I, I've just, I don't know, I'm really fond uh, of Tiger. I saw him and, and played at the same course as he did uh, when he was much younger. And uh, I remember him at the driving range. And I don't know, he was like eight or nine years old and just had a giant crowds around him. I think I was like 14 or 15, something like that. And I was just watching this kid smack the, the poop out of the ball, and it was just amazing to watch. So I've always just had a fondness for him. And uh, golf is so much better when Tiger is playing. And gosh, 2019, it seems like years ago that he won, doesn't it? It does to me, but it was just last year. And Tiger tees it up on Thursday in 2020, grouped with uh, Shane Lowry and Andy Ogletree. So I am wishing Tiger all the best. I know exactly what I'll be doing this weekend. Be sitting there right there in front of the TV and uh, watching him and rooting him on. You know, when Tiger's playing, just everything seems better. Last piece of news. Save the date. The Epic Intensive is on the calendar. January 28th through the 30th, 2020. Excuse me, that's 2021. Ah, we got an error on the website. So that is 2021 if you happen to go there before I fix it. And this will be held virtually in Las Vegas, Nevada. But there's also going to be a live component as well, just as there was this last Epic Intensive. So it's a plan to make, um, we're planning to make it uh, available for live attendance for those that want to be here in person, but likely for a limited capacity. But who knows what the world is going to look like in, in a couple months. I mean, things changed so fast in 2020. Hopefully we'll be past this. Hopefully this vaccine thing will, will start calming people down and, and loosening things up. Fingers crossed. So maybe we'll be a full capacity city at that time. Uh, I know we're up. We went, moved from maximum capacity of 50 people per event to 250. But just this week, the uh, governor came down and waved his little magic wand saying that be careful because uh, we're experiencing a lot, and a lot of new cases. So if COVID and the powers that be cooperate, um, maybe we can uh, have more than uh, the 35 people or so we had this time. Alrighty, God willing. So go to epicintensive.com to reserve your seat. The sooner you do, the cheaper it will be. And at this moment, tickets are at a ridiculously low price. Epicintensive.com. Now, I shared something at this last intensive that I had never shared before. And I shared it in the context of creating custom rat race escape plans for the attendees. That's one of the things that we do at the intensive is everybody leaves with a custom rat race escape plan, all revolving around what they know, the time that they have available, the money that they have available, the credit they have available, the uh, who, who they know, the assets that they have already that to work with and how they can get more and blah, 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 blah. So we just get those come out to be very customized for each individual. And what I shared there on the, in the context of that, right at the end, after we completed that, I share, shared my five million dollar lessons of which each one 
had I learned prior to getting started would have saved and or made me a total of at least $5 million. And in the spirit of the great Mark Twain, when he said, learn from other people's mistakes for you won't be here to make them all on your own, I share with you those five lessons as my team thankfully recorded them to be preserved forever. Already enjoy. Wallace D. Waddles, in his book, The Science of Getting Rich, stated, to become rich, you are to give every man more in use value than you take from him in cash value. And in the spirit of those words, I'm gonna give you $5 million lessons that I just gave to a group of aspiring real estate investors recently at our Epic Intensive. And I gave these specific lessons in the context of creating their custom rat race escape plans. It's one of the things that we do at the intensive and you can check epicintensive.com for the next dates if you'd like to join us. But either way, I don't call them million dollar lessons because that makes a good title for a lesson or a video, but more from a literal sense that had someone shared these with me when I got started or at least a long time ago, I would have saved millions of dollars or even better earned millions more than I have. But before we begin, click the subscribe button and ring the notification bell because I post cool stuff like this each and every week and you don't wanna miss it. Let's go. So I got some million dollar lessons that I've learned along the way. And when I say million dollar lessons, I didn't call them that because it sounded cool. Whether you paid a dollar, $47, $547 to be here, whatever it was, I am literally going to give you a million times back in your money in use value. Million dollar lessons. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. I didn't come up with that. Someone told me that. And I was like, that's exactly my situation. So I've been doing this for, in the real estate side of things of 15 years. And what I mean by that is entrepreneurs, we are wired to want the world and then we want it fast. I want you to kind of resist that and just go slow. Because if you go slow, you do it right. And if you do it right, that's faster than going fast and doing it wrong. So what that means is find the right deals, the right deals for you that are going to improve your situation. So if on your asset list, the highest performing asset you had was 4%, then you should look for deals that pay you more than that to improve your situation. If the highest performing asset that you had was 13%, then you should look for deals. The right deal for you would be something that pays you more than that. This is probably my, my most valuable lesson I could possibly give you is finding the right team. I'm specifically talking about contractors and property managers. Because if you're gonna live off of your passive income, off your cash flow, the secret to positive cash flow and having that for the rest of your life is not the property, it's not the real estate, it's the property management. Every dime I've ever lost in real estate has been from a bad contractor or a bad property manager. The real estate is safe, there ain't no risk there. It doesn't take a, a, an extended education to pull this off and do it well. It's the people that are risky. Then third would be to go deep before going wide. Us as entrepreneurs, we wanna do all kinds of stuff and we can do all these things good or so-so and it fulfills that, that need, that creative juice and that the desire to create, but get really good at one before you start the next one. And this would go with your markets it would go with your asset class, it would go with your strategy, it would go with your team, it would go with your marketing, it would go with when your conversion process, whatever it is, get really good at the one thing. And right when you think you got it down, I got this house performing, 
and it's performing well. I got a great property manager. It's paying me cash flow. The expenses are down. The performance is up. This one is fantastic. I got it figured out. Go even deeper. Right when you think you got it down, that's the time to dig in and do that one again the exact same way before looking out. Oh, look at uh, mobile home parks, right? Or storage facilities, right? Or I, I got one fam, one house. I'm bored with this. I'm going to go do multifamily now, right? I'm just asking you to resist that. You can do it. People have done it and they've done it well, but go deep before going wide. Get really good and master that, that one asset class in that one market. Leverage to grow, payoff to sustain. So to get on this trajectory and go even steeper, we talked about it yesterday. Real estate provides us the ability to leverage like no other investment opportunity is available to the average person. That's why real estate has produced more wealth than anything else. It's that single factor really is the leverage amongst other things, but it's the leverage that multiplies that speed. So that can get your trajectory up really, really fast. And once you hit your goal, wherever it is, now you can pay that off to sustain it. Although I'm becoming a little bit more risk averse and not subscribing to that so much. But I know I'm challenging a lot of beliefs and a lot of ideas, maybe some lifetime of ideas, a lot of deep indoctrination. You still might, okay, I understand that, I get it, but the debt still scares me. And if that's your situation, I'm totally okay with that. It's not, not a problem with me. But I do want you really to see you set yourself free first. And then if you want to preserve that and protect it, then pay off the debt that you've acquired building it. But the leverage is going to allow you to go faster. Another big painful one for me is delegate. Don't abdicate. Ash is my assistant. Y'all still out there? Give Ash a boom. <laughs> All right, so Ash is my assistant. I, every day, well, I like to say every day, but routinely during the week, I will create a list of to-dos and I will give some of those, delegate some of those tasks to Ash. Throughout the week, um, Ash will say it's done or I will check up with Ash and ask if it's done, right? So that's delegating. And we, we will go ahead and we accomplish stuff and we move forward each and every week. Abdicate is, here Ash, here, here's the keys to the office, go run the business, I'm going on vacation. Don't call me. Don't bother me. I'm resting. That's abdicating. And I've done that a few times with apartment buildings and it's, it's burned me. And I've done that with property managers. So this is where I want, I want you to manage your property managers in the same way that you manage your real estate. Do your, conduct your due diligence on your team members in the same manner that you conduct your due diligence on your real estate. The real estate is safe. That's the easy part. It's really tough to mess that up. It's just supply and demand and, and buy low, sell high. It's the management of it was where it gets sticky. Number four is eliminate the single points of failure. If you are dependent on one property manager and something happens to that property manager, then something happens to your assets. It's typically not good. And then you got to scramble to go find another property manager. And then you give all your properties to them. Hopefully they know what they're doing. And if you don't get the right one, then that's going to be an extended period of pain for you. And then you got to go find another one and then another one until you actually get it right. But if you had two property managers in mind and you had your portfolio divided up and something happened to one, you have someone there that can pick up the slack while you then you go find the second one. Mercedes and I, we got started uh, in, in the virtual investing in Memphis, Tennessee. We uh, couldn't believe being from California that they actually had houses there for $50,000 that rented for 800 bucks a month. That's a good investment. At least on paper it is. And as long as you have somebody there to manage those properties, it's a good investment. We had 
60 plus properties between ourselves and our clients and our investors all in Memphis, Tennessee. And I remember the day we were living in Pasadena. Mercedes comes in in the morning. I'm sleeping. She busts open the door. Matt, Terrence died. Terrence was our property manager. And boy, talk about a fast wake up. I popped out of bed. I was like, oh my gosh, what does this mean? And I really, when they say like your world flashes before your eyes or your life flashes before your eyes, that's it just was a fast forward motion picture of disaster in my mind. And it actually came to fruition it played out. And that was eight years ago, nine years ago. And we, that still creeps up and kicks us in the butt every once in a while. It still bites us and we still have to write a check for something here and there. Now we've learned that painful lesson. We won't make that mistake ever again. And so we have at least two property managers in every market. We have at least two contractors in every market. We have at least two realtors in every market. Some of our markets, we have three and four and they all know about each other. And we make sure that they know about each other. Not in an evil way, just let them know that uh, you're not the only game in town. And once we started doing that, it's still not a perfect system, but it's way better. And we watch expenses drop and we watch performance rise. The last thing I would share with you, particularly if you're just getting started or if you're just getting restarted, perhaps you uh, have tried this before and had some tough lessons. Understand that you're always winning or you're learning. When I was making this transition from the music business and my little hiatus there, bagging groceries. I did a lot of research. I really missed my money that music provided me. And I did a lot of research. What do I have to learn next? I knew I had to learn something new. I wanted to commit myself to something that gave me the same income earning potential. And that grocery store manager, as I explained yesterday, he pointed me towards real estate and it was the best advice I'd ever received. But my eyes and ears are always open. I'm always looking for something better. And when it comes along, I will switch. But here I am 15 years later and I haven't found anything. This is it. It's produced more wealth than anything else on the planet, any other industry, any other investment vehicle. I showed you that pie chart yesterday, that 1% that reaches the age of 65 with a net worth of $5 million or more, 74% of them have real estate in common. They either made their money there or they preserve their money in there. If you have a bad experience and if you do this long enough, you absolutely will. Just make sure you walk away from that experience, that bad experience with the right lesson because you will hear, oh my God, I had two properties. It was the most disastrous thing I've ever done. I'll never be a landlord again. Forget that. You hear that all the time. Oh, I lost my shirt in 2007. That's a sucker's bet. Don't do that. Just wait till the bubble pops again. You know, everyone's going to lose everything again. That's the lesson people walk away from this with and they are on this trajectory and they said, bad lesson. Oh, forget it. I'm just going to do this. Okay? This is the best option out there. And like I said, if something better comes along, I will be the first to let you know about it because we're going to change the podcast and everything. But it hasn't happened and I don't see it happening. The discipline for you, Mark Twain has a great quote, learn from other people's mistakes because you won't be here long enough to make them all on your own. And it's with that quote that I give you these $5 million lessons as they are all inspired by my own mistakes. I've made them already so that you don't have to and they are yours for free. If you found this episode valuable, who else do you know? There's a good chance that you do know someone else who would when their name comes to mind. Go ahead and share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here. I'll take great care of them. Alrighty, that's it for today. God loves you and so do I. Health, peace, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt Terrio, living Yo. the dream.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.